The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. Saturday, September 11th, 2021, and you're listening to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the HTM Podcast Network Online, HittingTheMarks.com, and of course presented by Hamia Media. On today's show, we're taking a look at the AEW depth chart, Brian Cage, what's next for Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, oh my god, and so much more. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you, this is podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news to this news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the entire show online at HTM underscore pod email, hittingthemarks.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. Let's bring in the tag team partner. He's the GAG from the PWC. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here, man. And I just want to say, what a week it's been in professional wrestling, right? Dude, crazy, right? It's, it, <laughs> when you look at all of the content that is out there for professional wrestling, and we haven't even made it to the G1 yet. The G1's going to be starting up here in a week, and then what? Dear freaking God, it's going to be like five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, eight days a week. There's only seven days in a week. It's just, it's absolutely insane trying to get caught up on everything. Like I'm trying to keep up on the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. Thankfully, they upload everything in individual matches on the Stardom-World.com, so I can be like, okay, I've got time to watch two matches. Shit, this match was 25 minutes. I have time to watch one match. You know, it's just it's insane, dude. It's funny though, wasn't it you telling me actually a while ago, Jago, that you hated how they post the individual matches and not just as an event? Well, there you go, Jago. See, now you don't mind it. I only like it for the five-star Grand Prix and the Cinderella tournament. Like, w- w- because then when you're trying to get caught up on everything, but like d- the way Stardom uploads their shows drives me absolutely insane. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I would just upload the entire freaking show. I don't need you to upload the main event on Sunday and then start over with like the opening match on Monday and the second match on Tuesday and the third match on Wednesday and the fourth match on Thursday and then you get the entire show on Friday. Friday. Like, Jesus, just upload the goddamn show. What are you doing? <laughs> That's a good rant, Jug. I love it, man. <laughs> but it's true. Just upload the goddamn show. Just upload Jeez. the goddamn show. What are we doing? <laughs> good God. Let's, uh... <laughs> No, sorry, continue. Uh, let's talk a little bit about AEW because AEW seems to be the hottest thing in professional wrestling right now, not named Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> but of course, AEW All Out, we're now starting to get early indications as far as pay-per-view buys. It sounds like they did a little over 200,000 buys at 50 bucks a pop. That's doing pretty good. AEW <laughs> Dynamite, 1.319 million viewers for the overnight rating. But Jimmy, I think this is the important one. In the 18 to 49 demo, Dynamite drew a 0.52. That's 40% higher than it was last week. Oh, yeah, and they beat Monday Night Raw. 
in the 18 to 49 demographic. Dynamite, 681,000 viewers, barely beats Raw at 678. But this might become the standard with Monday Night Football starting on Monday. Jimmy, what do you make of the numbers? Is Can AEW sustain these numbers, I guess, number one? I think they can. Right now, you'd think they would, man. I mean, if they don't, that's just, that's on them, right? But I do think they can catch Raw. They won't catch SmackDown anytime soon, but Raw? Definitely, dude. I, I truly think they can catch him. And I know a lot of people will say, no, they can't, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. <laughs> They definitely can, and they're on the verge. And once that happens, hopefully WWE wakes up and and sees what they're doing because whatever they're doing, it ain't working. Well, I mean, let's consider the conversation that we're having, right? I mean, six months ago, it was, can AEW beat NXT on Wednesday night? (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about them catching Raw. Like, Monday Night Raw, the flagship, the longest-running weekly episodic TV show in freaking history. (laughs) It's crazy, dude. I mean, and I hope they do. I really want AEW to catch Raw and, heck, even take over because, man, at this rate, look look what's going on over there on, on you know, in New York, right, up north. you got Triple H having a cardiac arrest and, you know, like speedy recovery from all of us here hitting the marks and the PWC. But, man, I mean, do you think he's got a broken heart, Jago, after what's been happening in AEW? No, I'm being honest. It's a serious question. Do you think that has something to do with all these stress levels happening to Triple H? Well, I, I think if that were the case, that Joe Coff from Ring of Honor would be on life support. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> genuinely bad for Ring of Honor at this point because you know, if you're Kerry Silkin, if you're Joe Coff, you got to sit down. You got to be watching all out. Going, that should have been us. Should have been. I mean, doesn't ROH own the rights to All In? The yep. name? Yep. Right. So it's, it's still available on Honor Club. Visit ROHWrestling.com for details. There you go. And I just want to say, Ring of Honor is not... And you know what sucks about ROH, right? Their product ain't too bad right now. Actually, as a matter of fact, it's been pretty decent. But no one is just... No one gives a shit anymore. It just seems like it's it's over there. It's way over there. You know what I'm saying? And then you've got AEW, New Japan, WWE and whatnot. But Ring of Honor, they're just... They're over there, man, and, and it's sad. I really do hope they can redeem themselves a little bit with the fans. Well, you, you, we say that, and did you know that Death Before Dishonor is tonight? <laughs> ROH has a big pay-per-view tonight <laughs> didn't. as we sit down to record no this. Um, Dalton Castle versus Eli Isom. The Briscoes versus the OGK. That's the OG Kingdom. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. That should be very awesome. good. That would be Violence awesome, Unlimited versus John Walters, LSG, and Lee Morinardi. Jake Atlas versus Taylor Rust. Shane Taylor Promotions versus La Faccion in Gobernable. Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Woods for the pure title. Roxy versus Miranda Elise. The two newest signings to the, to the Women of Honor division. They're going to crown a new women's world champion tonight oh yeah and your main event for the roh world heavyweight championship fairly new ring of honor world champion bandito defending in a four-way against brody king flamita and ec3 nobody is talking about this like it, it doesn't even exist it's like so peripheral to everything else going on right now 
And you say, like, the TV product is actually pretty good. There's just no star power and there's no marketing. No marketing. Actually, it doesn't even exist. And is that the fault of of Ring of Honor? I mean, obviously it is, right? But can I say, can I ask you really, right, Jago, do you think there is a chance that Ring of Honor could go belly up? No. You don't think so? I no. mean, they do have a lot of money behind them. I, here's the thing, and I've tried to have this conversation with as many people as I can. Ring of Honor is worth so much to Sinclair Broadcasting that it's not worth to anybody else. Wow. Because right. you have to consider Sinclair has like 250 stations nationwide, right? Right, absolutely. Right. The stations that I work at, full disclosure, are Sinclair TV stations, right? Over the course of a weekend, we probably air Ring of Honor like six times, right? Really? That's six hours of original oh. programming week to week. Sinclair Broadcasting doesn't have to worry about covering. And guess what? It's expensive to syndicate shows like Two and a Half Men, like Seinfeld, you know, like anything that anybody actually wants to watch. It saves Sinclair so much money that in order for them to sell it, you would have to pay an inexorbent amount of money. The problem is they just don't want to invest any money. Like, because I watch All Out and I look at that roster, it's basically a Ring of Honor roster. That should have been Ring of Honor. 100%, man. It definitely is a Ring of Honor roster. And, and that's the thing, dude. And I've always had this gripe about Sinclair. Why aren't they investing? Like, why wouldn't you want to invest? I mean, because think of what Sinclair Broadcasting is. You are a right. mass media news conglomerate. You're, you're CNN One of the biggest. in 1997 right. who didn't want to get behind WCW because they didn't see it. Because right. even if Ring of Honor was manufacturing profits of $250 million a year, which obviously they're not even close. <laughs> right. That would be pennies in the penny jar. For Sinclair Broadcasting, because the company is so freaking big, they just don't see a need to invest into professional wrestling. It's interesting, man. And I've heard what you just told me. I've heard that Ring of Honor is worth a lot more to Sinclair, and it's and it's true. It's original programming. You're not going to get that type of programming out of any other show because wrestling just keeps going. It doesn't stop. It just, just keeps going. So it's always original content. And that's the beauty of professional wrestling and why it's probably worth as much as it is right now, like WWE and their contracts with Fox and, and NBC Universal. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, it's crazy, dude. It's, it's truly crazy. But it is what it is. But USA Network losing to TNT is not something that they like. They don't like that no. at all. Um, and I, I feel like this is the important thing that people just don't realize USA Network was around when WWE was drawing 8.1 ratings. Now, they, they know that they're not going to be anywhere close to that, but you shouldn't right. be losing to an upstart company inside of the key demo. <laughs> and especially when TNT had fallen so far behind until they got the NBA, right? Like TNT has completely kind of reinvented themselves oh, over definitely. the course of the yep. last few years. Whereas Absolutely. USA Network, which used to be one of the top one or two cable networks, largely in part due to WWE TV, is now the number 13 cable network in the country. They don't wow. like that. Really? 
all they show is Law and Order SVU and Chicago PD. Like it's all just NBC syndicate programming that's not bringing in any freaking money. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable, man. And I, I, and that's the thing, man. I don't see wrestling going anywhere. The thing is, I don't trust TNT in the long run. Still, I could just see him saying, "You know what? Enough of this professional wrestling crap. Get rid of him." <laughs> and then AEW's, you know, will be screwed. But in yep. saying that, speaking of AEW, the momentum with that company right now, I feel it, dude. Like I feel it all the way down here. It is such a. They're so hot right now. And unfortunately, it's not hot to the level of, you know, the Monday Night Wars hot. But I really feel, and I and I hate saying this, you remember how Cody Rhodes said it's a revolution? <laughs> well, it might have not been then, right? But it's starting to be right now. And you know what? Maybe there will be a boom once again, but just not how we know it. How about Cody? We know Cody is going to be back this Wednesday. On AEW Dynamite, he's going to be going up against Malachi Black. Yeah, I was watching Dynamite this week when they did Dustin versus Malachi Black. And you know what I heard, Jimmy? And what's that, Jugger? I heard fans in Cincinnati, Ohio, chanting, Malachi, Malachi. They've got a real problem on their hands. If they think Malachi Black is going to be a heel and they're going to put him up against Cody... Again, it's time to turn Cody Rhodes heel. In fact, I was even hearing the mention of Cody's name was actually getting booze. (laughs) So, yeah, man, I mean, time to, like, color that hair black again (laughs) because that's what he's going to do. I mean, if if he comes back with that dark hair, he'll be heel. He needs to be heel. I think Cody is better off at this point being a monster heel, dude. Because a lot of the fans are just sick and tired of him. Let's be real. You know what I mean? He's great. Don't get me wrong. But the fans are getting sick and tired of him. I say turn him heel. As as far as Malachi Black goes, yeah. I mean, how can you have him heel? Even though his character is definitely a heelish character. But the fans want to cheer the guy. It, it's interesting, man. Because this seems like it's the first time that the AEW fans are going against the narrative. Like we always used to talk about WWE fans, like hijacking the shows and and being like, Nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to cheer so-and-so. It seems like this, even Adam Cole, and we're going to talk about Adam Cole and what they did with him Wednesday on dynamite and the whole Tony Schiavone thing. Um, Thank you. But I I don't see how they're going to get Malachi black booed inside of this program. Over Cody. I, I I just don't see it because the people are just not into whatever Cody is selling right now. But it's a terrible time for Cody because, you know, his reality TV show is just getting ready to launch. And who wants to watch a heel on a reality TV show, right? Right. Absolutely. It's true. I mean, he's in a rock and a hard place. Where you go, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know where you go for him, man. Especially if Cody gets the win. He's going to be shat on. Absolutely shat on. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping, and I think, look, man, the right thing to do is for Malachi to go over when they do wrestle. To be honest, fuck it. Why not? You know what I mean? Let him go over. Let Cody take the loss. Where you go from there, I don't know yet. But if Cody gets the win, that's it. He's going to be absolutely despised. (laughs) Like, Like literally despised. 
this this pretending that Malachi Black is a heel just is not going to work. It, it just does not seem like that is going to work in any way, shape, or form. And they don't need it to work because at best case scenario, I've got Malachi Black as like the number four heel in AEW right now. Easy. You think, right? But pff, he's not. Yeah, it's true. Easy number four. But he's not going to be booed. That's the problem. Heck, a lot of the heels are being cheered. So it is what it is. I mean, look at Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, seriously. But, okay, well, what is next for Adam Cole? Because it seems like, so we've got Cody and Malachi Black coming up. It seems like we're going to CM Punk versus Team Taz, which I actually like because I like the idea of, of Punk versus Ricky Starks. I think that right. is actually a really good matchup for CM Punk right now. We're going to Kenny versus Danielson. Where does that leave Adam Cole? I don't know, baby. <laughs> I All mean, I do like, know. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with Adam I, Cole? That's And again, this is the problem I've got from All Out and Dynamite. Did they really need to blow their load all in one shot? Let's be real. Did they really have to? They could have had six weeks of story arc by just debut. Like we, we, yeah, they could have just debuted, say, Brian Danielson. All Out. Right. Perfect. Everyone would have gone home happy regardless. Right? Suzuki, fine. Right? That's cool. I get it. Everything else, save Adam Cole, man. You know what I'm saying? Save him for for Dynamite. I don't know. You, you could have saved him there. So I, I don't understand why they're doing this. And even uh, Ruby Soho, like, come on. I mean, why blow your load all in one pay-per-view just like that? Because now they've booked themselves into a corner. That's what I think. You know what I mean? So And look what happens with, with Hangman Page when he comes back. Yeah. Like well, they've got so many guys now that they don't don't know what they're doing with him. Maybe WWE isn't as dumb as they look after all. Maybe they're doing this for a reason. Maybe they want to like make Tony Khan broke. Or there's conspiracy theories that Nick Khan and Tony Khan are related and Nick Khan is there to gut WWE clean. Nick Khan and Tony Khan are about as related as Adam Cole and Michelle. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, no. Um, then there's also people that seem to be getting a little unhappy with their spot inside yes. of AEW. Brian Cage, and more specifically, Mrs. Brian Cage, Melissa Santos, I had to uh, take the Twitter and voice her opinion. So, Jimmy, I, I, I asked you to do this little exercise, right, where we I wanted to go through the babyface depth chart for <laughs> AEW as well as the heel depth chart for AEW. Did you make your list? I did. All right. I who, actually did. Who do you have as your babyface roster for AEW right now? <laughs> And well, well, there's a few, but not really. I mean, if are we going by number one babyface all the way down, like, you know, in position? Yeah, absolutely. Like, who's the number one babyface on the AEW roster right now? Right now, you got to say Brian Danielson or CM Punk even, right? So, But I'll put Brian Danielson number one, and then I'll put Punk number two, right? Well, and, number you, and three. you also got yes, Hangman sorry. Page and John. Moxley I was just going to say that, that right. Mix, right? 
technically you'd think Hangman Page would be number three. See, I was fighting between Moxley and Hangman. I'd still put Hangman at number three, then followed by Moxley, right? And then five... I, I was confused at this point. I didn't know where I should put whoever here. But then you've got your Cody's. He's a baby face, right? Yep. At this point. The fact that I'm right, the fact that I'm even putting him five is crazy. Well, well, he, here's my list. I, I went a little bit deeper, right? Okay. Try to keep up. Danielson, right. Hangman, Moxley, Punk, Cody, Jericho, Darby. Oh. Christian, Jungle Boy, Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Pac, Dustin Rhodes, Frankie Kazarian, <laughs> Sammy Guevara. Where does Brian Cage fit on that list? <laughs> the bottom? 12? 13? <laughs> yeah. 14? 15? Okay, if you're going to be the 15th best baby face in AEW, Brian Cage, be happy to be on television. Okay, well, the right. solution is let's turn him heel. Here's my heel depth chart. Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, MJF, Malachi Black, Andrade, Miro, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks. Where does Brian Cage fall on that list? Eight or nine? Be happy that you have a creative <laughs> program, Brian Cage. Be happy that you're on television and you're not working AEW Dark. At best case scenario, you're like the 15th or 16th most interesting person on television right now. We talk about the SmackDown 6, not the SmackDown 16. <laughs> SmackDown 16. I know. Hey, look, I'm with you, man. I'll, I'll be honest. I think Brian Cage just... He looks at himself as way better than he thinks he is. I mean, I I personally think, and I, look, I don't want to get shat on, and no offense, Brian, is nothing personal. I just don't see the talent in him, dude. Sure, he's a big guy, big whoop. That's what I say, right? The guy can do a hurricane runner, wow. So can everyone, right? But he shouldn't even be doing that shit at his size, let's be honest, right? So how does he separate himself from the rest? He just doesn't – I just personally think he's got no charisma, dude. He does not have any charisma. It's just my opinion. I like Brian Cage. I think Brian Cage is a hell of a talent. The problem hell of a is worker. Brian Cage just doesn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He really doesn't. I mean, I was a big Brian Cage fan, right? And then he had his feud with Sammy Callahan. Anybody that remembers, Brian Cage gets handcuffed to the top rope. And then on the opposite side of the ring, Sammy Callahan grabs Brian Cage's wife, Melissa Santos, and pile drives her straight to hell directly in front of Brian Cage. So they come for their match, right? It's time for the big fight between Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan. Sammy is standing in the ring. Brian Cage gets introduced. And Brian Cage comes out looking like the fucking Terminator doing cosplay. <laughs> and he's posing at the top of the ramp in his Terminator gear. And I'm like, you're supposed to be here to defend your wife's honor. You are here for a fight. That dude pile drove your wife while you were handcuffed. to. The he doesn't get it. He just well, doesn't get it. He's a hell of a talent, but he just doesn't get it. 
Remember when The Rock said many years ago to the to Big Show Paul White, I'm big and dumb but stupid. You know what I mean? That's Brian Cage, man. <laughs> Sorry. And he I, really is. And I like Brian Cage, but I think about Brian Cage's career and the most intrigued I've ever been by Brian Cage was Lucha Underground. Oh, by a mile. Easy. Which I just was, didn't mind him then. It <laughs> right. was an entirely scripted show. Yeah, it was crazy, a scripted right? television show. It was barely professional wrestling. It was it was a TV show that happened to have pro wrestling in it. It was very much like Heels, right? So, yeah, yeah, it, it was. It really was. So what do I really know about Brian Cage coming out of Lucha Underground? That he can follow a script really well? Brian Cage, <laughs> go to the WWE because that's what they do. There you go. Maybe he's a Try really good sports it. entertainer, but he ain't worth a shit <laughs> as a professional wrestler. <laughs> and you think that be would go for someone like him, but you know what? You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, but you got to pass a, a drug test. That's the problem. Oh, well, if he's Brock Lesnar, put Brock at the start. Brock Lesnar, no, no drug test, no, no problem. Or well, sign mean, him up. They had Brian to, Cage and let him go. Brian Cage was signed to developmental. I know, at one I know. Time That's and they right. Let him go, and I'm pretty sure that was the issue. Well, he wasn't even that big yet. I mean, do you remember when he first started up in the Indies? He was like nothing. Yeah. He looked like nothing. Yeah. And now look at him. He looks like a million bucks. I think what lets him down, though, he gets injured a lot, and that's clearly... It's too much weight on his frame. Right. Absolutely, because he's not meant to be that big. Like, the guy must be... I don't know if he has roid rage. He comes across like he he could. Hey, but everything was, I've ever heard about Brian Cage is he's a hell of a nice guy. I know Melissa is a hell of a nice girl, but I just... I He doesn't get professional wrestling. But he's really good at following a script. Like, go to Hollywood and be the next Wolverine because you look like you should be fucking Logan. Absolutely. That's what goes through my head. Wolverine, he definitely should get into Hollywood. Either that or go to WWE, like you said before, because he just doesn't get it. And if you want to be scripted, because like you said, Lucha Underground was not professional wrestling. Let's be real. I wouldn't even call it sports entertainment. It was just entertainment. It was a TV show. But it was show. great. Right. It was a TV show. But it worked because they didn't pretend to be something else. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why they got away with it. so much of the right. shit that they got away with, with the, the, all the supernatural aspect and everything, because yeah. they established their narrative and they stayed inside of that narrative. Right. right? I mean, like they didn't try to make it something that it wasn't. I dare say they made stars in that in that company. They really oh, did. Oh, absolutely. Like, Isaiah Swift Swerve, for example, yep. was a star over there, man. Big time. I actually thought he was awesome over there. Now he just doesn't have that same aura to me at all. Not to mention Penta and his five million different uh, versions of Penta was brilliant. Yeah, Absolute masterpiece. The way he was booked over there was just on another level. First time you I saw EO Shirai on American television was Lucha Underground. Same with Kyrie Singh. Same here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And I think, I know, I know like all the hardcores look at Lucha Underground a lot higher than, you know, than others do. But it really was. It was a great show. It produced talent, right? And and now we don't have it. Unfortunately, that sucks because I would love for a Lucha Underground to come back. I know there's rumors of like another version of it, whatever, but not Lucha Underground, but you get me. Well, is like it an, MLW doing something with Dario Cueto now? That's the rumor. Whether that happens, I'm not sure, but I could see that. You know what I mean? I could see that, but 
someone needs to pick up pick up Lucha Underground and give him some money, man, because I really think they know what they 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 just it was awesome. I miss it. I'm not gonna lie. I had my reservations when I first watched it. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was shocked that I was enjoying it. I, I'm not gonna lie. But the other thing that that kind of stands out to me as I look at this depth chart. Um, we're now hearing talk of Kevin Owens making his way yes. to AEW. Where does Kevin Owens fall on that show? Like, I mean, because to me, when I look at even just like the top five on both sides, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, John Moxley, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Darby Allen, you can throw in there. Too. And I forgot to mention Darby and Jericho, which is funny because... What the hell? <laughs> and then on the heel side, which to me, I think Owens does better work as a heel. Omega, Absolutely. Cole, MJF, Malachi Black, Andrade, Miro. That's my top six. They don't need talent like Kevin Owens right now. They don't need talent like Bray Wyatt right now. You don't need main event talent. What you need is talent like Tyler Breeze. Yeah, right. I said Absolutely. it. You need, I, talent. you need talent for these guys to go out and beat. I'm a fan of Tyler Breeze, man. I don't care what anybody says, dude. His running NXT when he first came in was brilliant. I actually took him seriously. And I don't mind him even with Fandango. He's a heck of a talent too. I think he should get way more of a shot. I know he's been in this business for a long time. Yep. But he, he's on, he's much better than he gets credit for. In saying that, do you, do you chop down a bit of this roster? I mean, like you got guys like Jeff Parker. Who's Jeff Parker? You know I, what I'm saying? I, I think there's a big difference between talent that appears on AEW Dark and AEW Elevation and signed AEW talent. Right. You know, like to me, when I'm looking at like the real talent roster, I'm looking at like when I looked at All Out, there was a whole nother roster of guys that weren't on All Out that are featured on the television. Right. I mean, Malachi Black wasn't there. No. FT, I mean, I mean like, even all this talent that we're talking about right now, we haven't even talked about the women's division or the tag team division. Crazy. Like, they true. have so much talent. You need talent for talent to beat. You don't right. need main event talent right now. You need mid-card talent that's going to make these guys look good. Absolutely, because there is a big jump between the top end to the middle to the bottom. But see, look, I look at their roster, and you got Luther. I get it. He's a, he's a legend, you know, in Japan and whatnot, right, in his hardcore matches and all that. But why is he there? Well, really? okay, but so even if you take Luther out of there, right, what, what right. did you just save? <laughs> I mean, he's really, not featured right? on the television anyway. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, but what I, I worry about is you bring in somebody like a Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen. Is there going to be room for Ricky Starks? Not probably not. <laughs> and Ricky Starks is the future of the company. I mean, Ricky Starks is only in his early 20s. Right. No, absolutely. And I don't know why that people call him the next rock, but I don't. I see what people are on about, but I don't think. He's I see on that the level. charisma, but he, on. he's still got to pull it all together. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. But the, he does have something, though. Absolutely. But there is good veteran talent. Did you know when I, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, John Moxley, CM Punk, Cody, 
Jericho, Christian, Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Pac, Dustin Rhodes, Frankie Kazarian. All of that talent is older than Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze, as long as he has been around, is only 33 freaking years old. And you didn't mention Kenny Omega. He's older, too. I was just going off the babyface roster. Well, Just the babyface roster. That's crazy, dude. That is crazy. Hey, he's young. I mean, he's young by you know, our standards. Right. By professional wrestling standards, he's still young. He's still got many years left. Put it that way. And where is he right now? What's happening with Tyler Breeze? Why isn't anyone... Um, his 90-day just expired. Oh. So, okay, I mean, right. he's starting to kind of pop up around some of the independents and whatnot. But I think we need to be featuring more guys like Tyler Breeze, like Frankie Kazarian. Like you know, um, Lance Archer. I think Where's we. Lance? I, I I think we need to establish more of this middle of the card, and rather than having Adam Cole wrestle on Dynamite, just have him cut a ninety second promo, and then like establish somebody like okay, if you've got Adam Cole, establish somebody like a Frankie Kazarian as a right. real threat, and then have Adam Cole go out and beat him. So it means something when Adam Cole beats Absolutely. him. Thank you, because all the AEW Mark Tards, all right, will say, what are you talking about? Right? But if you break it down properly, why are we having this match already? Like you said, he shouldn't even be wrestling yet. Because, yeah, he's going to beat Kazarian, and he's going to make Tabi look like a fool because he's the elite hunter, right? Right. Well, he's going to lose. He's going to lose for what? You know what I mean? Why not build up Kazarian a bit better, like you said? You know what I mean? Have a bit of a, like a little thing going on between them two and build to an actual match with Heat. Not this freaking crap that we're going to get next week where Cole's going to win. Everyone's going to be screaming Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and and that's it. What then for Kazarian? How can you call him the elite hunter when he's the elite loser? Yeah. and you know, real. The Adam Cole thing, I've heard a lot of people really kind of down on Adam Cole going off on Tony Schiavone. Yeah, you know what? D, my significant other, absolutely hated that promo. She thought it was distasteful. I Good. can see. I can see. I can see that. Good. Right. That promo was designed to make you dislike Adam Cole. That promo was to get heat on Adam Cole. Everybody in that building was happy to see Adam Cole. They all want to say Adam Cole, baby. So how do you get heat on Adam Cole? You have him rip on freaking Tony Schiavone, the mascot of AEW that everybody loves and everybody adores. And who in the world really thinks Tony Schiavone is going to make a pass at freaking Britt Baker? Zero. Nobody. But it got heat on Adam Cole. That was the entire purpose, to establish Adam Cole as a heel and to make you feel bad for Tony Schiavone. And, boy, I don't like that probe. I don't like Adam Cole. I don't. They, that's not good. I don't like that. You're not supposed to like it. He's a exactly. fucking heel. Exactly. Spot on. And I said that. Like, I'm, he doesn't really mean that. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and the truth is he is very uh, – Tony Schiavone, that is – He's very close to Britt Baker. That is 100% true. But also, Shivani's been known to be close to the females all the way back since the 80s. All right. And Adam so, Cole is a delusional heel that thinks that Tony right. Shivani is going to make a pass at Britt Baker. I mean, hey, my God. He's five foot seven. He's delusional. 
And he's insecure, baby. But if he <laughs> super kicks Tony Schiavone, they're going to boo him out of the building, which is exactly what they're going for. Absolutely. Oh, they're going to they're gonna milk this. Don't worry about that. It's, it's not the end of it. What we heard is just the start, right? Nope, so this definitely. for years. Years. Let this go on for like two years to where anytime Adam Cole is around Tony Schiavone, he gets in his <laughs> freaking face. I am totally fine with that. Me too. Heck, go do it for as long as Adam Cole is in AEW and Shivani. That's how it should be done because everyone knows that history, right? So why not? Absolutely. I think they're smart enough to know they probably would do something like that. And have Shivani pile on on commentary. One of the biggest <laughs> things that got Hulk Hogan over was his feud with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Absolutely. They never and had a was match. Right all along. And yes, Never. and Bobby Heenan was right. <laughs> that was, was the best part of it. When Hogan turned heel and Bobby Heenan was heel, guess what? Bobby Heenan still hated Hulk Hogan. That, that's brilliant, dude. That, that is, you know what? But they were actually good friends in real life. Yes. Which is funny, man. But they kayfabe that shit for years, bro. You would have thought they hated each other's guts. For 20 but it's years. True, Absolutely. And that's brilliant. See, that's the problem with today's professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. People don't know how to do this shit anymore, bro. I feel like that art form is kind of lost. You know what I mean? I don't know what happened. I don't know how we got here, but it's true. That art form of getting heat, I just don't think they understand that concept. It's, it's wrestling 101, Jago. It shouldn't be this hard. No, it should not be this hard. That's that's the thing that drives me nuts. It should not be this hard. <laughs> it let's, makes two of us. <laughs> let's talk about two guys who absolutely do get it. Uh, we finally got to see the match between Andrade and Pac. I was told this match was very good. I thought this match was very good. This is probably the best I've seen Andrade look since he has left the WWE. I've been saying that... Andrade looks about a step too slow and just like he forgot how to freaking wrestle. <laughs> if he's going to have a good match, it's going to be against somebody like Pac, who I think is he's a bastard, but he's a really good bastard. <laughs> and he's a really tough bastard. I thought this match was fantastic. Even before the swerve at the end, Jimmy, are, are you viewing Andrade any differently today than you were yesterday at this time? Well, I'll be honest, I've always been a fan of Andrade since his La Sombra days, right? So I knew, look, I didn't, when he first wrestled on Dynamite, his first match, I didn't think anything of it. Sure, it was a slow type of match. And even you were saying it's like he forgot how to wrestle. He knows he's just doing WWE style. I didn't buy that just yet. This match proved it. He is a lot bigger, though. The one that really <laughs> got me bigger. was the match with Kenny in Mexico because I, I felt that way watching that match. And you know the problem's not Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's no, not slowing no down the match. No, no chance. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to tell you about that match. I don't know why it, it, he was like that because the Kenny doesn't have a bad match with nobody. And you'd think on paper Andrade and Kenny should be really good. That's heaven, dude. I was so looking forward to that match. That match no chemistry. just didn't do it for me. No chemistry. Sometimes it happens, man. I mean, Kenny's got chemistry with absolutely everybody. I don't know what the hell happened there. Maybe it's the language barrier. Who knows? You know what I mean? Some sort of miscommunication or there's just no chemistry. I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is because it should have been 
a 10-star match and broke Meltzer's star count. Seriously, on paper, you think. So as far as the angle goes, if you didn't see AEW Rampage, towards the end of the match, we have the, the mathematician guy who I still don't uh. understand why he's there. He distracts the referee. Chavito jumps into the ring with the iPad, clubs Pac in the back of the head. Andrade rolls him over and pins him for the one, two, three. Then we have the Lucha Bros come out to make the save. Everybody's kind of regrouping, going back up. And, and the whole time, Andrade's like, did Chavo jump in the ring and, and, and hit Pac with the iPad? Like, even as soon as the match was over, like... Did, did that just happen? Like, he jumped in the ring and hit Pac with the iPad, right? And he's, like, conferring with everybody, and everybody's like, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. And then Andrade whips Chavo's ass. Like, <laughs> I am a cheating bastard. I am the ungovernable one, but I ain't a cheater. I am not a cheater. I might be a dickhead, but I am not <laughs> a cheater. That was very much what I got out of that. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, ooh, wait. The Lucha Bros are even kind of like, hey, I can respect that. And Jago. even Pac is kind of like, hey, I can respect I can that. that. <laughs> what the hell's say, going Jago. on here? Are we getting a Los Triangles de Murta? I, you know, because I, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> I, know, I botched it. I, right. Yeah, I thought, I thought this was the birth of El Triangulo de la Murta. I thought that's, that's where it, we that's were it. going. And then... Pac even was kind of like, hey, I want to be a part of the cool kids club too. So like, I don't know what the fuck the the, the, the Spanish word for square is, but like, <laughs> is that where we're going here? Because like, even Pac was like, you know, I'm a bastard, but I'm not a cheater either. Like, you know, like maybe there's some kind of an affiliation going on here. Cause Andrade didn't seem to like, you know, Chavito jumping in there to, uh, hit Pac over the head with the iPad. Well, I'm glad he did because Chavo shouldn't even be in this role in the first place, all right? No, it should be Selena De La Renta. That's who it should be. Exactly. I hope, I'm praying, this is what's... They've heard us. They've heard us shouting for this shit. Bring in Selena De La Renta and it's money. And let's be honest, you called it, Chavo. You said it, dude. I agreed with you. We, We Instead of getting the triangle, we're getting a square. Whatever square is in Spanish... I don't know. Look it up. It could be uh, square for, you know, I don't know. But uh, did you just say sure? square with a Spanish accent? Is that, is that all am that I, was? I hope I don't get, um, you know, I, am I allowed to say that or do that in 2021, Jago? Cuadrada. Did you find out what is, what is it? Cuadrada. Cuadrada. Makes sense. Like quad. Quadrada, in other words. Here we go. Quadrada. Quadrada I can, yeah, I, can, I like triangulo better, but I, I can get down. I can get down with it. El Quadrada de la Merta. Eh, you can get used to it. You can get used to it. Let's just hope it doesn't form into a, a something else. But the thing is, would the bastard? Would you want the bastard in this crew? I could get down with it. I could get down with it. I could see Pac in Los Ingobernables. I mean, I could see no, that. Imagine the suit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> like still being a bastard. I mean, like, because I mean, like w- when you think about it, right. Cause you have to look at like the, the, the full figure of LIJ Los Ingobernables, right. like at its root. Right. 
you've got guys like Sonata in there. Sonata is one of the most stylish people on the face of the planet. You've had evil in there who, I mean, like you can't put a bastard in there, but you can put a guy named (laughs) evil in there. You know, well, and then when you look at La Faction in Gobernable, you've got your Dragon Lee, you've got Kenny King is in freaking Los Ingobernables at this point, you know, like, yeah, put Pac in a white suit with the black hair. Yeah, I can get down with and, this. And he, like, you know how he sort of uh, goes around and be like, like, sort of doing that shit, right? And, and making Panda like that, too. I mean, he could even like pull his hair back in like a Seth Rollins man <laughs> bun to get a little bit of heat while he's wearing the suit. There you know you what I mean? I mean, because Andrade's like been doing that. I mean, look at that stupid man bun. It's all designed to get heat. You, <laughs> hey, you I've got put, a man bun, dude. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, you're a GAG, you know, so we got that going. Um, but, and I mean, Penta and Phoenix, even last night, right. seeing them in their regular attire. Put them in a suit and tie with the mask, that the match. Cool, bro. I mean, yeah, dude, I could absolutely see this faction growing. The Lucha Brothers are naturally perfect for Los Ingobernables de Mexico. All right. Penta, they, especially. Penta, especially. Absolutely. Ray is a bit too much of a nice guy, if that makes any sense. I, right? I like Ray Phoenix better as a singles baby face than I do Me too. anything. I like them both as a singles as as singles guys. Yeah, I but sh- I like Penta better as a heel. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think he'd be the perfect fit. I've always wanted to see Penta in New Japan. I want to see that. Can you imagine if he was in New Japan, dude? Absolutely. Seriously, he'd be he he's perfect, a perfect fit for that company. But in saying that, him in a suit with his frills coming out is a natural Los Ingo Bernabes member, dude. Naturally yeah. fits in the, into it. Perfectly, I hope we get something along those lines. Yeah, no, I, I I think that that absolutely works out perfect. As far as Pac goes, I had thought that it would be Pac versus Andrade, but if we could actually link those two guys up together, I'm completely down for that. I think that's actually really good use of both of them. Absolutely, why not? I mean, like I said, we're leading to a trios tournament, dude. It's 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 happening. It's definitely happening. Look at everything what's happening if you look at it. You know what I mean? In saying that, I hope they do form together, dude. If they don't... But what happens with Chavito here? Like, where do we go there? Who freaking cares? But is he signed, though? Is he a signed talent? Or is is this a handshake deal, you think? I I can't imagine that Chavo has any kind of a guaranteed contract. Right. Um, But even if they do need to find something for Chavo to do... I could absolutely see Chavo as a backstage producer for AEW. I could see him as a Spanish commentator for AEW. I mean, like, I think there's, there's plenty of ways to utilize the talent that is Chavo. I just don't like him with Pac, the Lucha Bros and Andrade. No, he comes across as a real goof, to be honest. Chavo's never been the serious member of that family. I mean, like if Eddie was still here, I think Eddie would have fit in with that group very, very well. But Chavo just doesn't have that demeanor. It's called charisma, like like Jericho would say. And he's not nearly as hot as Selena De La Renta. Exactly. You know, the fact that no company has got her yet blows my mind, dude. So she's a talent and she needs to be in that position. If she's not, they're so losing money. 
Yep. I didn't care what anybody says. You know what I mean? She's that good. And she'd be the perfect mouthpiece for them guys. You know what I mean? Because really, all of those guys, including Puck, the mic is not one of their strong suits. Let's be honest, right? Right. And the accent doesn't help. Because he has a very thick accent. It's not that he doesn't speak English well. It's just that accent is so thick. Dude, I'll be honest, right? I'm from Australia, and sometimes I cannot understand him. Sometimes I need subtitles, all right? I'll be honest. He sounds like he's from Scotland with even a stronger accent than them, and he's not even from Scotland. But in the northwest of England, they all sound like that, dude. So, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. yeah, it's true, dude. 100%. I think we're boring my youngest. She's falling asleep on the floor behind me. Oh my gosh, she did too. I've, I've noticed her the whole time, I just want to say, and I was waving at her. But she's she's falling asleep, or has she? No, she's smiling. No, she's smiling. She's, <laughs> there you go. She's, she's Quinny, playing possum, dude. listening to the shows as we do a live, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, let's talk a little bit of WWE because we've been so AEW heavy. Extreme Rules coming up on the cock. Of course. Um, But it has been announced it's going to be Roman Reigns versus the demon Finn Balor on the cock. Um, I watched the end of SmackDown last night because I wanted to see the whole Street Profits, Usos, Roman Reigns. I didn't see the Brock Lesnar thing as of yet. I only saw like the last 20 minutes of the show. Out comes the demon. At the end of the show, cue the smoke, cue the bitchin' lights, cue the remix of Catch Your Breath. Uh, First time that we've seen the demon in, what, two and a half, three years? It's been a while because it was before the NXT run Then he had about another year where he he didn't do it when he came back from injury. Um, I like this, and I like this a lot, and the thing that I liked the most was hearing the garden pop for the demon. They were into it. Even the people that are not into Finn Balor even acknowledge, you know, the demon's pretty freaking cool. It is. Jimmy, I am firmly on board here. And I would I would make the switch. I would put the title on Ugh. Finn Balor. And and I people think I'm crazy when I say this, but Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar does not need the universal championship. This is a personal issue between these two guys. You got the whole Paul Heyman angle involved. If we are in fact building to Roman Reigns versus the rock at WrestleMania, the whole head of the table storyline surely does not need the championship involved. In fact, I want the championship as far away from that program as I possibly could get I like the idea of making the title switch here, even if it is by some kind of Tom fuckery where something <laughs> goes wrong. Like maybe the Usos go to like hit Balor and they miss and they hit Roman and the, the Usos cost Roman the universal championship. And Brock Lesnar's like, that's fine. I ain't here for the universal championship. I'm here for your ass. Like, I'm down for all of that and get two programs out of one because I I don't like the idea of beating the demon in any way, shape, or form, and I don't think Roman needs the title to be the attraction that he is. I agree, except, you know, WWE, they're not going to do that. The demon's going to get squashed, dude. The demon has been protected Inside of every match that he has been in, the demon is still undefeated on the main roster. Roman has 
lost to Balor before. They're actually one and one at this point in singles matches. I like it. I like I like everything about it. Okay, the only thing that would work with your scenario is if Lesnar obviously causes Reigns to lose. It's the only way. I'm you can fine go. with that too. But then, what is if you're if we're going into the head of the table type of feud with The Rock? Then where do we? How do we? Like, what does Roman do? Does he not go after Brock still? Well, or I he's mean, just going to be looking like a little bitch and just go after The Rock or whatnot. Well, it's going to be Brock versus Roman in Saudi Arabia. We know that. That is going to happen. Really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If Brock Lesnar's coming back, it's going to be for a Saudi payday. All right? Let's let's make that clear. Especially, you know, because the Saudi Arabia show is next month. So that, to me, clearly seems like the direction they're going. And I don't think they need the universal title for that. No, that's true. That's true. And that show definitely happening. So they're flying over to Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, no they're problem. advertising it already. Crown Jewel. Wow. Live on the cock. <laughs> I love that. I love you calling it the cock. But anyway. Shout out to RBD. Oh, I think he was the first one to do it. I love it, though. <laughs> That's good. I never thought of that. So shout out to, uh, to the B to the V. But in saying that, man, look, you're probably right. It probably will happen like that. It'll be some tomfuckery. Lesnar will cause... Reigns to lose. I, I think don't know the where Usos the should cost him to lose. I think I that. May, I think that's so much more entertaining if the Usos fuck it up, and then we got to see how the Usos are going to apologize to the head of the table, <laughs> Cle- like beg for clemency. Roman's going to be like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm whipping both your asses." Like that, <laughs> you know. Like I got to see that. I like to me that's <laughs> way more interesting. Absolutely, in that way, like once the Usos get their asses whooped, right? They can. Call on the rock, like complain, like please, Dwayne. You know what I mean? Do something. Roman beat us up again, Dwayne. (laughs) That that'll be cool. That'll be brilliant. You know what I mean? But obviously, you know, once we move on to that, obviously Reigns is gonna have to go over to the rock, right? You'd think. Yeah, I mean, I I would think that that's logical. Right. I I hope it happens, WrestleMania Because that has to. Well, maybe not. Maybe Dwayne does go over because where does the head of the table storyline go after the rock? Like you have to have a definitive end to it. And the end to it is the rock whipping his ass, right? Like you think you would think because technically when you really think about it in terms of professional wrestling, he is the head of the table amongst the Samoans. There's no doubt about it. If you go that way, that's cool. But at the same time, I don't mind Roman using that for as long as he could anyway. Like, I'm cool with that as well. In saying that, I just wanted to fucking... Actually, I just want to say, since we're on the subject of Roman, we got to mention this quickly. The PWI 500. Do you agree with Kenny being number one over Roman? Yes. Because I actually... You do. Absolutely. I'm the biggest Kenny Mark out there. Believe me. Kenny's my favorite wrestler, dude. I'll say it right now, right? But I actually felt that Roman deserves it more than Kenny. I'll say it. Well, here's my logical reason why. Okay, the PWI runs from June or from July until June. Right. Roman was out for the whole like first quarter of that voting period. True. Okay. All right. 
meanwhile, Kenny Omega is the AAA champion. He's the Impact champion. He's the AEW champion. Like, because kayfabe is a big part of it. When right. you look at the PWI, like, criteria, kayfabe is a big part of it. When of you look at the number Big of time. matches that the two have had, match quality, Kenny once again wins. Oh, hands like, down. I, to me, Kenny Omega, even I don't think Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. I think the best wrestler in the world right now is Shingo Takagi. But once again, Shingo's run did not start until January. You know, so you, when you look at what the voting period was from July until June... Yeah, Kenny Omega, number one, clearly. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair. Speaking of Shingo, hey man, I think he's placed pretty well. Like, you got to give him credit for that, dude. I mean, sure he could be higher, but I think he's in about that right position, man. I want to see him continue this sort of thing that he's got. And if he's up there again next year, then by all means he should be in the top four. I think there is a very good possibility. Shingo Takagi wins the G1. I agree with you. I've actually thought of that too. No, definitely. I mean, who else would you go for right now? Okada. He's, I mean, everything... Yeah, it, he needs it. He needs it. Everything he seems like it's it. set up for Okada to win the G1 Climax this year. Well, look at the way they've booked him up until this point, right? Right. He needs to win it at this point. Because if he doesn't... He, <laughs> what the hell have we got here? Like, where do we go from there with Kazuchika, you know? So... But in saying that, you're right too. Shingo has earned the right to actually win this also. And I would go with Shingo. And if Shingo wins, if the champion wins the G1 Climax, the rule is that the champion then gets to name his own challenger at Wrestle Kingdom. And it only seems logical to me that Shingo Takagi would say, I want Will Ospreay inside of the Tokyo Dome, and we're going to unify these damn titles. Ospreay running around claiming he's the real IWGP World Heavyweight mm-hmm. Champion. Shingo, of course, is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. That all makes sense to me, especially with Will not inside of the G1 this year. Which sucks, dude. But uh, you're right, though. Absolutely. I mean, I want you, they have to unify it, and that only makes sense for Shingo to win it. It doesn't not. It writes itself yeah. by going that way. But then again, we still got the Kazuchika problem. Yeah. What happens? What? How do? We, how do we get him out of this slump? And where do we go moving forward with Kazuchika? You know what I'm saying? Well, the the only thing I can see, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be three freaking nights this year. What? They are doing January fourth. They are doing January fifth, and they are doing January eighth. You're kidding. So with that in mind, with three Wrestle Kingdoms this year, um, I could see potentially, all right, where you do Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. That strikes me as a main event. You can do Hiromu Takahashi versus fill in the blank, whoever is the IWGP junior heavyweight champion Hiromu says that he wants to the the junior title to headline a dome show okay Hiromu winning the junior title in the dome that'll be a cool moment that's night two so what do we do for night three how about 
Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Don't do that to me, Jago, please. Well, I mean, you you need a, a third main event match. It writes itself again, and don't get my hopes up because I would love to see that, right? Again, yes, we've seen it a million times, but damn it, this one will have even more at stake. And I want Kazucha to go over, in fact, and become your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Tell me that wouldn't be awesome. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not. I'm not. I love that. I actually love the thought of that. Only if, if Okada goes over. I mean, the, you the, have to. The other option to me, I think the junior title headlines one of the dome shows. I, I think that they are going to grant Hiromu's wish there. I think Hiromu's a big enough star that they can 100%. They can do well there. The other option is Okada wins the G1. You do Okada versus Shingo for the title, and then the winner gets Osprey on the third night. You can go that way too, right? I like the other idea though, dude. Let's go. Let's, I mean, let's, if we're doing the crossover, if we're opening the forbidden door, that's the match everybody wants to see. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Excalibur said on All Out that when Suzuki appeared, he just burst, you know, he just, the AEW just kicked the forbidden door down. Uh-uh. Having Okada win your AEW World Heavyweight Championship, that's kicking the wall down, all right? So, man, I'm all for that. And I love your way of thinking, like how you can build to things. I think you've got a brilliant mind for professional wrestling. I truly do. I, I think you're great at, at, at what you do and how you understand pro wrestling. And, dude, see, it's as simple as that. Why can't these people at these companies come up with this sort of idea? The problem is, would New Japan be open to this and would they allow him to defend that title in the states why the hell not i mean when you look at it like logically from new japan's perspective why would new japan do that you get kenny omega versus kazuchika okada as the main event of wrestle kingdom i mean why the hell wouldn't new japan do that right if you if you right. got to give up okada in the states for a period of time I mean, coming out of the beginning of the year, you got best of super juniors in February and March. You could right, easily hey. send Okada over here for six weeks, have him on dynamite. He drops the title at, you know, the spring pay-per-view. Why? Yeah. Hey, sign me actually, up. that's it. You've convinced me. Once again, Jago, you've convinced me. It's going to happen. You just said it. You got the best of the super juniors. You know, the, the heavyweights can take a back seat for a little bit. There's that opening man if they don't do that i'll be bitterly disappointed i'm not gonna lie help make i'm the, getting my hopes up make the third right. night a super show i mean because clearly yeah. we're building the tanahashi and moxley right right and i mean right. like we couldn't come up with you know some kind of a storyline between god and the good brothers or oh. i mean like we could fill a card of aew versus new japan pro wrestling at this point I mean, hell, give me Pac versus Hiromu. Absolutely. Oh, God. Can you imagine that match, dude? <laughs> I mean, you could, you, could, you could come up with some pretty cool matchups when you look up and down that roster. Dude, that's a legit super card. Legit. I mean, even... Look, you, look legit. You could do something else. Like, you could do, like, you know, Suzuki and Archer. So you have New <sighs> Japan and AEW, like, joining forces because... 
right. Archer does belong to Suzuki Goon. Absolutely. But we right. need somebody to match him up against. What if we took, you know, the leader of Los Ingobernobles de Japón and we put him with the leader of Los Ingobernobles, you know, de AEW and you have Andrade <laughs> and Naito versus Suzuki and Archer. Like there's all Stop kinds it. of cool <laughs> shit you could do with those two rosters. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. I dare say this would be the best card ever possibly right and i know people are gonna like roll their eyes because japanese wrestling and aw and whatever sorry to our listeners but you just don't get it there <laughs> you know what i mean right but dude that's a smorgasbord right there if we get la sombra especially imagine that and naito together dude please <laughs> and it just makes <laughs> sense to do suzuki and archer Right, it's perfect. Again, it's perfect, dude. It is perfect. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, it writes itself. You can go so many ways and the show will be off its head, like we say down here, dude. <laughs> it would absolutely be huge. I, I, I do want to uh, change my Hiromu match, though. Uh, rather than Hiromu and Pac, give me Hiromu and Darby Allen. That's different. Oh, they're better suit. They're both kind of similar. They're right, both in fucking ways. insane is what they are. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, they're kind of... Dude, that'd be awesome too. Can you imagine? That could be fun. That could Jesus be fun. Christ. Dude, but then... Oh, man. Hiromi and AEW, I think, would be a hit, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. I truly think hit. he would be a hit. I love his, just, his quirkiness. He's crazy. He's nuts. But I love it. He's such a cool character, man. You can believe he's like that in real life. I mean, seriously, if I, if I met him and he was nothing like that, it would absolutely shock me. You know what I mean? So I hope he keeps the kayfabe. But, man, that would be awesome, dude. I mean, come on. Darby Allen against <laughs> Hiromu? My, my early hey. prediction for the rest of the year, the feud of the year, is going to be Hiromu Takahashi versus the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship because Mr. Belto and Hiromu are, are currently <laughs> feuding. It's the right. most ridiculous shit ever, but you buy it because it's Hiromu. <laughs> yeah. Back to WWE. What's WWE going to do to counter all this cool shit that we're talking about? Well, Monday night on Raw, it's going to be Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship, a matchup that you probably could have seen in 2005 <laughs> for the WWE Championship, uh, but it should be good. I mean, I, I like both of the talents. It, it, I'm sure it'll be good. And I'm sure it'll be a non-finish and it'll lead to a rematch at Extreme Rules because it's WWE booking and that's what we do. Right. But does this lead to a, you know, your RK bros kind of feuding? Does it go into a programming to that? Well, I mean, eventually. I mean, clearly right. that's going to happen at some point. Well, I don't see Auden beating Lashley anyway for the time. Let's be real. No. That's why I'm saying, right, right. So... I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's it's a good marquee matchup for Raw, but is it interesting? Not really. I mean, no, because like when you expect a non-finish, how can you be excited about it? Right, and not just that. Like you said before, we could have seen this back in 05. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, 06, somewhere along those lines. I'm and not, we just saw I, it I in tag form recently. Right, and I'm a huge fan of Lashley, but this, I don't really care about, man. I mean, it is what it is. WB right now, especially Raw in particular, I'm looking at that, is so stale. It's so crap. It's so childish, yet they're trying to be sort of cool at the same time. It just doesn't mesh, dude. 
They have no idea how to book a baby face. That's the WWE's problem. They have no idea how to book right, a baby face. Right now, really, who does? <laughs> like, really? Sure, you've got AEW, right? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I popped for the CM Punk thing, right? Like, CM Punk is in the ring, and he's talking, and he's cutting his promo, and he's putting over Suzuki and Moxley, and, like, and then all of a sudden, Taz is like, hey, you keep the names of Team Taz out of your mouth. And Punk's like, I didn't even say anything about Team Taz. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Taz? Like, calm your tits, dude. <laughs> and Taz is like, no, no, no. I heard that one shitty podcast that you did an interview with, and you said something about Ricky Starks. And Punk's like, yeah, I want to work with Ricky Starks. I think he's a hell of a talent. What the fuck is your problem? You keep my name out of your mouth. And Punk's just <laughs> well, like, dude, I don't know what your problem is, but I mean, if we got to do this, then, then let's do this. Like, I kind of like how they're booking Punk at this point. Yeah, okay, look, I think it could be could be done better, in my opinion, but in saying that, was Taz wrong with what he said? He wasn't lying, let's be real. Aren't you sick of his little homecoming by now, like, you know, oh, I'm yeah. back. Oh, yeah. I'm back, rah, rah, rah. But and, you also got to get out of that somehow, and right. this seems like a perfectly fine way to do it, and if it leads to CM Punk versus Ricky Starks, then hell yeah, sign me up. Absolutely, but you know what the problem is? There's people out there, and I've seen this online, that truly think is going to lead. And I saw people arguing about this. I'm not kidding. This is a true story. It's leading to a Taz versus CM Punk match. Can you believe that? No, I don't buy that. That's what I'm saying. I don't buy that one. Because Taz can't wrestle. He's done. Nope, right? I don't buy but that. I don't know why people are even suggesting that. It's just it's funny to me. That's not where it's going, people. Jeez, wake up. Come uh, on. Brian Danielson seems like a badass. Brian Danielson is like, I'm in the ring with Kenny Omega and I want to have a match with you. And Kenny's like, no, no, that's not how it works. And Brian's like, okay, well then I'm going to make you tap out right fucking now because I'm a badass and I don't think you're as good as you say you are. And then he did it. Like that's <laughs> what a baby face is supposed to be in 2021. You got Hangman Page walking around basically being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody wants to do cowboy shit. Everybody wants to get drunk and beat people up because they talk too much smack. Everybody right. can get down with that story. Like AEW seems to know how to book a baby face in 2021. And WWE, their biggest baby face right now is... Riddle? I, I don't know because Riddle kind of strikes me like his character is that annoying little brother that yeah, the big definitely. brother just wants to kind of beat up. So is that really a babyface character? You know, in 2021, it's I guess it is. In saying that, okay, you've got your SmackDowns. I mean, what's Brock Lesnar? Is he a babyface? Yeah, I guess. I mean, and to me, yes. like, well, I mean, anybody paired opposite of Roman, like, you, you, number one, you're either cheering a demon or you're cheering a was, beast. Like, those kidding. are the two options. You have, you have, <laughs> either way, it's somebody from hell is coming to beat up somebody that's even worse than somebody in hell. Uh, God damn um, it. Becky Lynch. Uh, oh, wait, no, oh. they turned her heel. Uh, how about Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley's a badass who just goes out there and whips people. Like, he's the champion. He's the biggest, baddest right. dude on the block. He's a baby face, right? Oh, no. No, no, Bobby Lashley's a heel because... What makes Bobby Lashley a heel again? Because I'm not really sure why Bobby Lashley is a heel. 
I'm not sure why he's a baby face either, though. He's Bobby Lashley. He's a badass. No, no, no. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of his, right? But that's the problem. What is he really? Forget the part that he's a badass and shit. What is he supposed to be booked as? He's meant to be a heel, right? Right. Supposedly. But he doesn't do anything heelish. He just goes out there and beats people up, which he's a fighter. That's what he's supposed to do. What, why don't we like Bobby Lashley again? <laughs> it's, it's crazy, dude. I mean, you it's got crazy. Riddle, the sniveling younger brother. You've got Drew McIntyre, <laughs> who wants to read you a fucking story. Oh. Like, am I supposed to be into either one of those guys more than I'm into a dude out there whipping people's asses saying, I'm the best guy here. That's why I got the belt. And if you want it, come and get it. I'll whip your ass, too. <laughs> Why and do see, I dislike that guy again? <laughs> <laughs> like, if the listeners could see us right now, that look he gave was... I mean, was, like, what? Oh, what why is Bobby great. Lashley a heel? I don't I don't think Bobby Lashley is a heel. But see, there's an, it's, you saying that just made me think, who have they built for Lashley anyway? Really Nobody. nothing. No one. Nobody. <laughs> what the hell's going on, dude? I mean, is the guy... Who like had to catch Bobby Lashley off guard to put him down? Is that the guy that we're supposed to cheer in this situation? <laughs> I just want to say, fuck Divino, dude. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't get it. I, just, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I say that makes two of us. It's crazy. Like, it is Randy crazy. Orton is such a baby face. That he had to RKO his tag team partner <laughs> to show you that he liked the guy. Oh, what? God. 2021, Jago. That's how you get over, dude. By doing that to your tag team partner, bro. I love the guy, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take him out. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. It's bizarre land, dude. It is truly bizarre land. I don't know if we're on another timeline, Jago. Because as far as I remember, that's not how you build baby faces. <laughs> no. No, it certainly is not. You know how else you don't build a baby face? <laughs> Hell. You don't have two people who are from New York, <laughs> one of which lost her father in the Twin Towers. You put it over on social media that it's going to be her grand return to Madison Square Garden, the holiest venue in the world for a homecoming in this great emotional moment. And then cut their fucking match because the goddamn show is running long. <laughs> I dude, I thought the most offensive thing that WWE would do last night was open with like a video package about how great we are that we were the first like organized unit our first group of people that got together in Houston back in 2001 Absolutely. after that's September 11th and Vince came out true. and he gave a great speech and it was real rah rah go America and now we're going to do the same thing and don't forget to tune into Crown Jewel live from Radia Saudi Arabia <laughs> how offensive is that Jago Oh man, I, I, I'm going to beat That's this offensive. drum until that show happens because it, it infuriates me every time these Saudi Arabia shows come up. But what they did to Carmella and Zelina Vega last night, I, I'm speechless. I, 
I don't even know how to express the level of fucktitude that the WWE did to Carmella and Zelina Vega last night. First of all, I just want to touch on Zelina Vega, right? I hope she didn't think by re-signing with WWE that she was going to get a push or whatnot. WWE just re-signed her to absolutely bury her. I don't care what anybody says. That is the whole reason why they re-signed her. Because let's be real, after what she said back then, you think WWE would actually want to re-sign her? Even though she was talking pretty silly, she wasn't quite up there, it seemed, right? Not the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say, right? But in saying that, then you advertise Saudi Arabia Arabia, the day before September 11. Think about that for a second. As an American, right, I can only imagine how it feels. As an Australian, it's offensive. I can only imagine how it feels being an American and seeing that. And and that's a problem. Does WWE not see what they're doing or is this just some sick joke on their behalf? Because I wouldn't put it past them, dude. I really wouldn't put it past them. That's how distasteful this company can truly be. I know I'm, I know I sound like a hater, but I'm not. I know this company too well. I've been watching this damn company since I was three years old. I'm not going to lie, right? Nothing's changed about that company in any way in terms of the way they punish people, the way they do distasteful crap. This company is exactly the same from then till now. Does it surprise me? Not really, but I should be surprised. But unfortunately, I'm not. And that's what's sad. I am surprised. I mean, like, the the level of low taste what Vince McMahon will do for a buck never ceases to amaze me. Absolutely. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. I mean, even at this point, I'm just like, wow. I, I just, they even put a documentary out on the network about the SmackDown after 9-11. Wow. I haven't watched that yet. And I remember that episode like it was yesterday. I, ho- I hope like- that there is a preview for Crown Jewel at the beginning and oh, at the end geez. of the episode. I don't want to laugh, but that is... Just, I mean... You know, there will be. You know. It's just infuriating. Absolutely it's, infuriating. It's, 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 it's... This company, dude, they, they need to be held accountable. I'm sorry. I'm not being a WWE hater. It's true, though. You don't... If they're already losing fans by the hundreds of thousands every week, it feels, right? What are you trying to do to yourself? Do you want to just totally destroy your company and the image? I mean, I don't get it. I think they're so big that they're untouchable. That's what they think. Well, yeah, it's called ego, especially considering he's been the, the government before in the past, right? He got away with Owen Hart's death. I hate to say it. It's true, right? Not to mention all these other deaths over the years that Vince McMahon should be held accountable for. Let's be honest. There's a few things like Jimmy Snooker. What about that? And I won't even get into that, but it is it is what it is. But this company and Vince McMahon in particular, they've gotten away with shit for way too long. Someone needs to hold this company accountable. I'm sorry. It's it's distasteful. It's disgusting. And I'm not trying to be a snowflake, but this is disrespectful, man. Like, it it is what it is. Holding people accountable, that's what we do on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the entire HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. 
check out our friends over at Hameen Media, over at the Realm Network. Be sure that you look Jimmy up at the PWC. You can find me across all social media platforms at not Jargo Jimmy T. How do the people keep up with you? First of all, they can keep up by listening to Hitting the Marks, first of all, at hittingthemarks.com. But also you can find me at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com. But like I said, it's all about hitting the marks, dude. That's the home. That's where you'll find every show. That's where you'll find me. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and whatnot, just just type uh, PWC. will come up. We will catch you same bat time, same bat channel next week, right back here at the HTM Podcast Network, probably complaining about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You bad guy! Yeah. <laughs>